2005 UTC right after the international news. Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the March 30th edition of the sunny side of sports. Football fans in Ghana. Cameroon, Senegal, Morocco, and Tunisia are celebrating their national teams and their qualifications for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. The Black Stars of Ghana were the first African team to qualify on Tuesday. The Black Stars qualified for their fourth World Cup with a one-all draw in Abuja, Nigeria. The Ghanaians advanced to football's premier event on away goals after playing a scoreless draw with the Super Eagles of Nigeria last week. Arsenal man Thomas Partey scored the decisive goal for the Black Stars in the 10th minute in Abuja. The World Cup qualification by the Black Stars set off celebrations throughout Ghana as we hear now from our friend in Accra, Kwabena Quicksilver Ofori. Sporty greetings, Kwabena! Sporty greetings, Sonny. An exceptional jubilation throughout Ghana by soccer fans changed the country's atmosphere last evening after the Black Stars defeated the Super Eagles to qualify to Qatar 2022 FIFA World Cup. The principal streets of Accra and Kumasi and other cities saw Ghanaians troop in their numbers, dancing, cheering and praising their team for putting up that great performance at the Mushud Abiola Stadium in Abuja. Ghana's president, Nana Akufuado, who was celebrating his birthday yesterday, placed a phone call to the Black Stars after the game at the Abiola Stadium. President Nana Adu spoke to Ghana's head coach, Otto Adu, and congratulated the team. Well done, well done. But when you come here, we're, not, we're going to kidnap you. We're not going to allow you to go back to uh, <laughs> Dortmund. <laughs> where we'll, uh, so be very careful when you're entering. You might not be able to leave Ghana again. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you. It's the best possible birthday present I could have had. The news of your qualification for the, for the World Cup. It's excellent. The whole country is... is, uh, is uh, I don't think people are going to sleep tonight. Uh, we're all so happy. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to all the boys, the captain, party, and all of them. That was the president of the Republic of Ghana, Nana Adudankwa Akufo Adu. Ghanaian football analyst John Amwa, overwhelmed by Ghana's victory in a solemn reaction. What a wonderful performance. The Blasters has proved that they, they are really good. The Blasters shocked the 
whole of Nigeria with that splendid performance. Nigerians least expected this defeat, but the blasters have done it. Congratulations. I believe this should send a serious warning to other teams that will be meeting the blasters at Kota 2022 tournament. Go, 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 blasters. Congratulations, blasters. Congratulations and go, go, Ghana. For the sunny side of sports, Kobno Fori reported. Thanks, Kwabena. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com, Fisayo Dairo, said the Black Stars were deserving winners of the World Cup qualifying playoff. I think it was a good game of football, and it was a game in which uh, the most deserving of the sides went through. Although it ended draws, all uh, either way, Gola is in Kumasi and won all in Abuja, but the Ghanaians progressed on away goals rule. And based on what they did on Tuesday evening in Abuja, no one could argue the fact that they deserved to progress. They went ahead, could see of Thomas Partey's goal. And although Nigeria did react very well, created a number of chances, scored from the penalty spot. In the second half was when it was going to be definitive, but Nigeria failed to, to up their game. The Ghanaians defended stoutly and had more opportunities to hit the Nigerians at the break. So it was, in the end, um, a very positive feeling for Ghanaians. They got won over the Nigerians because the last time they met in World Cup qualifying, it was the Nigerians that laughed last in 2001, over 20 years ago. This time, it is time for the Ghanaians, after missing out, of the 2014 World Cup Finals. They go into Qatar in November to be one of Africa's five representatives. Nigerian coach Osine Guavo made some changes in the game against Ghana in Abuja. Did they make any difference? Eguavon made five changes in all to the team that started the first leg in Kumasi. And initially, one could argue that the changes brought some positive contributions to the team, especially in the first half. Calvin Bassi at left back was marauding, delivering crosses. Adimola Lukman was obviously one of Nigeria's best players in the first half, along with the striker of Seaman. Organicari Tere, but also stabilized things in the middle. So, yes, initially it worked, but the guys really tired out quickly. And in the second half, it Almost three or four of them were removed from the game. So in the end, you might say that the changes did not bring about the desired effect. But it all goes about the team. We can't pin it on these changes. They gave their all in the first half. The team dropped its tempo in the second half drastically. No urgency. And um, the half chances that came the way of the attackers could not be converted. That said, the team failed as a group. And cannot be pinned on individual players. Fisayo, what's your assessment of the Ghanaian team that qualified for the Qatar 2022 World Cup? One thing the Ghanaian team have going for them is their will and determination, especially as we saw in the second of yesterday. They have a bunch of experienced players, a handful of youngsters, and a gen rose up in the second half and ran out of the Nigerian defence at will on the break. Of course, Fatawu and Mohamed Kudus are always as good as they can be very exciting and exuberant youngsters. 
and the experienced ones from Thomas Pate to Daniel Amati to Jiku, these guys brought in their A game and showed what they are capable of doing at this level. A whole lot to rest on them should Ghana be able to make an impression at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. They do not have a team as strong as they were in 2010 when they got to the quarter-final stage. Maybe their best could be the second round of the World Cup, but there's still a lot of time between now and November to add some more additions. The manager, Dan Otoado, has shown that he's a cerebral man and could bring the best out of the team. Yes, they didn't win any of the two games, but they got the result that took them to the finals, and they have enough time to add even more players. There are some players born in Europe that they've been running after, likes of Mohamed Stalisu of Southampton, Arsenal of Chelsea. If these runs could come, then maybe they could add some solidity to the team as well. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. Joseph Kabungo, a medical doctor from Zambia, died in Abuja Tuesday as violence erupted after the Nigeria-Ghana match. Some eyewitnesses say Dr. Kabungo was beaten and trampled by fans at the Mashoud Abiola Stadium in Abuja. Other reports say he may have suffered a heart attack. Dr. Kabungo was at the match as a doping control officer with the Confederation of African Football, CAF. The Football Association of Zambia says it joins the rest of the football family in mourning the death of Dr. Kabungo, and it's waiting for a full report from CAF and FIFA on what transpired. The violence at the stadium occurred after Nigeria failed to qualify and angry Nigerian fans stormed the pitch and began destroying property. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 1935 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. This is the voice 
of America. Washington, DC. In the other African World Cup qualifying playoff results on Tuesday, Senegal beat visiting Egypt on penalty kicks 3-1 after their playoff ended one all on aggregate. The Senegalese also beat the Egyptians on penalty kicks in the Africa Cup of Nations final last month in Cameroon. Liverpool star Sadio Mane hit the winning spot kick for Senegal on Tuesday, while his Liverpool teammate Mohamed Salah missed his opening penalty kick for Egypt. There was lots of drama and lots of controversy as Senegal secured its third World Cup qualification. The Egyptians lodged an official complaint against Senegal, saying the team was subject to racism and terrorized by the home fans in Dakar. The Egyptian Football Association also says its team bus was attacked, causing injuries, and it says the complaint was filed with CAF and FIFA. In Blida, Algeria, the indomitable Lions of Cameroon once again showed their indomitable spirit, beating host Algeria 2-1 in extra time to qualify for an eighth World Cup. That's the most World Cup qualifications of any African team. Yes, let's give the indomitable Lions of Cameroon an official sunny side of sports salute. Leon man Carl Toko Ikambi scored an added extra time for Cameroon. His crucial goal tied the playoff series on aggregate to all, and the indomitable Lions advanced on the away goals tiebreaker. Elsewhere, host Morocco defeated the Democratic Republic of Congo 4-1 to advance to Qatar 2022 on a 5-2 aggregate. And host Tunisia also advanced to the World Cup with a scoreless draw against Mali. The Tunisians won the playoff series on aggregate 1-0. The five African teams that qualified for Qatar, Tunisia, Morocco, Cameroon, Senegal, and Ghana, now await Friday's group stage draw to determine who they'll play at the World Cup. The 2022 World Cup is scheduled from November 21st to December 18th. This will be the first World Cup ever held in the Middle East. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it 
every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7 FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 will resume April 9th when 2021 champion Zamalek of Egypt will host Cobra Sport of South Sudan in the opening Nile Conference game in Cairo. Like Cobra Sport, the Cape Town Tigers from South Africa will be making their debut in Africa's premier men's basketball league. The Tigers will take on Petro de Luanda of Angola in their first game on April 10th. I asked the head coach of the Tigers, Relton Boyson, if he sees the new league as an economic engine in Africa. This is a very, there's something that's very true um, um, to to me because um, you know we need revenue, we need economic growth in South Africa. I wish that the basketball Africa league can can come to Cape Town. Um, a lot of people have. I still of the opinion and the view that when you come to Africa, you just see lions and animals running around. So when people come to on our continent, you know, they take pictures, they share on social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and more people want to come to South Africa. Um, if a basketball Africa uh, league games must be hosted in Cape Town, it's accommodation, it's transport, it's flights, you know, it's catering. It's a lot of jobs that can be created and capital coming into to cities. So again, you know, um, I'm very, very happy and glad for, for the Basel Africa League uh, because it's definitely a growing economies um, in Africa and hopefully in South Africa soon. Each ball team is allowed uh, four foreign players. Uh, two must come from within Africa. Do you like that setup? Yes, yes. Um, uh, especially because the four eight split, that means you must have eight uh, national players in your in your on your roster. That means that uh, there's there have to be growth and development within the country. Um, I see a lot of a lot of teams have um, seven up to eight of the national players um, in their squads. You know, so it's going to be competitive. Um, it's good that we can bring guys um, from overseas. And I can tell you specifically um, some of the guys that, that have came from overseas, the marks they've left on the local guys, um, and the youth, you know, like Ben Uzo, um, that was playing with, with the Tigers last year, just the impact that he made on the youth where we train um, and youngsters saying, yo, that's Ben, ben Uzo. Um, you know, the same like guys like Michael Bongo, and you know, just coming in with positive energy, 
um, you know, when he comes into the arena, um, everyone just lights up, you know. So it's a really, really good initiative. Um, and I think we're blessed to have such uh, not only talented um, but humble and down-to-earth um, international players. It's part of our setup. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see how we're going to uh, progress in terms of our preparations. So I'm definitely excited uh, about that. I read one online article that said some of the Tigers have chips on their shoulders. That is, they want to prove themselves on the big stage. Do you agree with that description, Coach? Yes, yes, I, I won't, I, I, I won't, I won't agree or disagree. Um, all I can say is that, um, in terms of of where I come from, we see a chip as a sort of an attitude. But in this instance, I would see a chip as they want to prove something because South Africa, South Africa basketball haven't been part of the national scenery for the last uh, four, five years due to non-compliance. Um, so players want to prove to Africa and to the world that there is enough talent in South Africa uh, to perform at a big stage like the Basketball Africa League. Um, so in that sense, yes, I would say that players have something to prove. Um, um, also from the inter- international stage, um, there's very talented players here that I believe that can, can play in the NBA, uh, still like Michael Bongo. Uh, that's a very, very talented player, um, was all McDonald uh, when he was in America. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of players have, have something to prove uh, in the upcoming game. So I, I agree with you. What about the Basketball Africa League, Coach? BAL officials have said they want the league to stand on its own, be a premier league and not be considered a feeder system for the NBA. What are your thoughts? So my opinion is the BAL is a prize. Uh, it is a prize for anyone in Africa and the world to play in the BAL. Um, it's it's not like you want to use the BAL to, to feed players for the NBA. Um, Africa have a lot of resources, uh, as you're aware, and a lot of talent. And I believe that BAL will grow as big as the NBA and bigger. Um, so that's just my opinion in, in terms of the BAL. They're very organized. They're very professional. Um, it was the first season last year, and and you could see uh, the way the whole organization conduct the competition, the level of competition, uh, the competitiveness, the sportsmanship. Everything was just at the high quality um, from the players and from management that was part of the BAL. Relton Boyson is the head coach of the Cape Town Tigers basketball team. And he was speaking with us from Cape Town, South Africa. Coach, thanks for talking with us. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it, sir. And uh, thank you for having me. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's Newsmaker Interview Program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at VOANews.com or connect with us on Facebook 
at facebook.com slash VOA or on Twitter at VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The new Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In NBA action Tuesday night, two star big men with African ties, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks and Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers, faced each other in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Giannis and the Bucks came out on top, as we hear now from the AP's Michael Luongo in Philadelphia. Giannis Antetokounmpo was literally a one-man show as he helped the Bucks rally for a 118-116 win over the 76ers. Antetokounmpo scored 11 straight points during a stretch on late in the third to early in the fourth to pull the Bucks to within four. Then, after making one of two free throws late in the fourth quarter, Antetokounmpo Post sealed the win by blocking a potential game-tying putback by Joel Embiid with 1.2 seconds left in regulation. No matter what happens, I have to stay aggressive because I, I know that's what I want. That's when I enjoy basketball the most. There's times that you can take over the game. There's times that you you don't have to take over the game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just there's not the moment throughout the game that I say, oh, I got to take over the game right now. I just let my instinct play, you know, and I just trust after the Kumpo finished with a game high 40 points, Chris Middleton added 22. James Harden had 32 for the Sixers. We had a couple of mistakes defensively, and they made us pay for it. Um, it seemed like they hit three after three after three, and uh, off our mistakes, it's nothing they did. Things we, we could have corrected, things that we could have controlled. You know, they got 37 points in that fourth quarter. Like defending champs, you can't allow that to happen. Michael Luongo, Philadelphia. Thanks, Michael. In Dallas, Texas, Slovenian star Luka Doncic had a triple-double, 34 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists to lead the Dallas Mavericks to a 128-110 victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers played without superstar LeBron James, who sat out because of an ankle problem. The Lakers need LeBron at full strength as they battled to advance to the NBA playoffs. Right now, the Lakers are tied with the San Antonio Spurs for the final play-in spot in the Western Conference with seven games remaining for both teams. Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, meanwhile, are in fourth place in the Western Conference as they get ready for the playoffs. Doncic scored 25 points in the first half, as he recorded his 10th triple-double of the season. In New York City, Kevin Durant fired in 41 points, and the Brooklyn Nets rallied past the Detroit Pistons 130-123. to Brooklyn star Durant made 14 of 23 shots, was 4 of 6 from three-point range, and Durant also made all nine of his free throws, while grabbing 11 rebounds. In two more NBA results Tuesday night, the Chicago Bulls beat the Washington Wizards 107-94 to here in Washington. 
And the Los Angeles Clippers beat the visiting Utah Jazz 121-115. to VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, afrobeat to ndombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat Music Show. On the tennis beat, the Russian Daniel Medvedev is one win away from returning to number one in the world rankings. Shaking off a slow start, the top-seeded Medvedev reached the quarterfinals of the Miami Open on Tuesday by defeating American Jensen Brooksby 7-5 and 6-1. Medvedev has yet to drop a set in his three Miami matches. And if he can win one more match, he'll be assured of overtaking Novak Djokovic and returning to number one in the world rankings. In women's quarterfinal play in Miami, unseated Naomi Osaka is two wins away from winning a tournament again. Osaka hasn't won a tournament since the 2021 Australian Open. On Tuesday, she easily defeated number nine, Danielle Collins of the USA. The final score from Miami, 6-2 and 6-1. And that wraps up the March 30th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.